This is Patrick Daly and welcome to Interlinks. Interlinks is a program about globalization and its impact on business strategy and innovation around the world. In each program, we interview a person from another country or with strong connections to another country to get their unique perspective on how these issues have affected them in their life, their work and their business. There will be a little bit of history, a dash of economics, a sprinkling of business and an overlay of personal experience, both for me and from my interviewees from around the world. Today, we will be talking to the founder and CEO of Chicago-based business consulting firm, Sagami Consulting. That is Amy Lee Sagami. Amy has a fascinating story to tell. She was born in mainland China, raised in Hong Kong, and educated in the US, where she now lives and works. Amy is an award-winning business consultant featured on BBC, NPR, Chicago Cranes, and TED Blog. Amy's life's work is mastering the complexity of change, and we will be finding out more about that presently. She's received numerous awards and recognitions for her innovative applications of both art and science, which is quite intriguing. So I'm delighted to have Amy join me on the line today from Chicago to talk about her unique experiences and reflections on doing business internationally. Welcome, Amy, and thank you very much for being here with us today. Thank you, Patrick. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome, Amy. To kick off, Amy, uh, maybe you could tell me a little bit about your career start and the progression to your current position as CEO of Sagami Consulting, maybe a bit about Sagami Studios in the past, and then this uh, TEDx uh, IIT or, or, or TEDxit. I'm not sure how you how you pronounce that, but um, maybe you tell me a little bit about that. Wow. Okay. So uh, let me just move it quickly. That, uh, as you say, from China to uh, Chicago. Well, grew up in Hong Kong and came to Chicago. I studied fluid mechanics because at that time I spoke math better than I could speak English. And so, just like many uh, Asian upbringing kids, uh, pretty good with math and science. So I end up uh, in this uh, mechanical engineering. And the field that I chosen specifically was about fluid mechanics. And I did my research work, I did my uh, graduate study, went to work for uh, pharmaceutical companies. And later on, I realized there was a yawning that I really want to connect to art and the science. It seems like that totally opposite that was conflicting. And Sumi Nagashi came up at the time when I was looking for a way to resolve that conflict, and it was a perfect way I can balance the East and the West concept, way of doing things, as well as applying the science and the art together. Mm-hmm. And uh, then you quickly, uh, through that work, uh, become known as the lady who could paint on water. That uh, what, what, what is okay. the, what, what is this pa- what do you, when you say paint on water, what what do you mean? What what does that look like in physical reality? So literally, it's using water as the canvas. Most people use paper, silk, or you know sand or rock and as the canvas to to lay the paint on it to create the painting. In this case, I actually use this water as the surface of the canvas that I put paint on. And if one Google painting on water, all one word, or my name, you can see all kinds of uh, videos and interviews, um, and of course, plenty of information on the website. And, and, this, is what's, and this is what's referred to as uh, suminagashi, is that right? So suminagashi is the root of it. So traditionally, it was 
initiated in China and like many art forms that the Japanese did a great job of preserving it and continue practicing it. And, uh, but that's the traditional one and yours truly here applying the fluid mechanics so that it is actually a deliberate uh, creation as an expression. I see. So you've brought together fluid mechanics on the one hand and then art, uh, water as a, a, a canvas for art on the other and you fuse the two things together. That's right, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. and, and uh, well, we, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll come back to that later. Just y- y- your business now, Sagami Consulting, um, mm-hmm. you, th- that build- business has been in existence for how long at this point? So I have done some consulting work when I had my studio and gallery and that was starting in the 90s all the way to 2000. And when 2000, you know, when 9-11 happens, I felt like I need to go back and concentrate in engineering, felt like that would be a real job, you know, real mm-hmm. contribution was art. It, you know, it was great, it had a really great experience and uh, actually have done very well. I felt like I had proven to myself and the world that it can be done. And and so I went back to engineering and uh, mostly in the alternative energy with an international company and did a lot of international marketing. And and things happen in, in life, right? You're moving along and all of a sudden unexpected changes happen and that's why I talk about the complexity. the, the world change and also my life change uh, and my 10 years of uh, marriage all of a sudden came to an expected stop. Okay. So no. I came back to Chicago and at the time as I reconnected to my uh, colleagues, uh, a lot of them started asking me about the uh, advice in terms of this uh, art and science, these, uh, all these changes in the world that's happening. And I find out that um, went back to the tray, to looking at the painting on water process and the concept was the perfect way to answer the much needed uh, uh, issue that most of the business is facing is the complexity of change. Mm-hmm. So when when we say so in in your 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 your, your motto or your. Um, your slogan, which says mastering the complexity of change. Mm-hmm. F- first thing, uh, what kind of change are we talking about here and what do we mean by complexity in this sense? Right. That's a great question, Patrick, that uh, there are all kinds of changes. And I often say, think of change as in flow. Anything that is organic, that is living, is flow. There's always changing, changing time, changing space changing um, mindset, everything is in the flow. And so when it comes to the change, there's simple change. It's like you can flip the the light switch on, off, you you get the change right away. It's very simple, very mechanic. You You know what it is right away. And then there is complicated change that you have to go through a number of steps in order to make these change the, the result, end result that you wish to have. And there's also comp- complexity change. That is, you do something, but nothing happened. You do more of it, and 
and still not quite getting the result you want, and that's complexity. And a lot of uh, my clients will get confused initially is that what's the difference between complicated and complexity? By complexity, do you mean that things are not linear? So you can you can be doing actions, but the result is not in proportion to your action. That's that's precisely as well as the fuika, which is volatile, uncertain, chaos, and ambiguous. Those are the characteristics of complexity. And then sometimes you'll do something small, and all of a sudden there'll be a massive result. Precisely. Hmm. It's, and nonlinear is a great way to to explain that. And what I find out is that all the, the work that I have done on the tray, besides creating painting, there's a lot of, you can say metaphorically, that people can get it right away. Mm-hmm. Then the other part of your, your uh, motto, if you like, says mastering the complexity of change. And wh- what do we mean here by, by mastery and how, how do we know when we've achieved mastery? So the, the simple answer would be unconscious competence. When you have that um, kind of unconscious competency, you have mastering. So think of martial art. Uh, martial artists will be able to move, do the move without thinking, I'm going to do this step, and then next step, and the next step. It just flows with it. Mm-hmm. And you think of a, a master, someone uh, uh, who mastered negotiation, uh, you know, he or she did not go into the boardroom with a 20 pages of strategies to go through. He just sat there, listened, mm-hmm. and respond. And that's mastery. So if I am a business owner or a business manager, and I'm trying to bring about a change in the business to a future vision or strategy that I have, and I'm going through this this process, would that manifest itself in my being um, uh, aware and calm, even though we may be making changes and we're not seeing results, that I have this confidence that I know what I'm doing and I know this is going to come right in, in the end because I, I, I've, I've established this mastery. I've been through this before. I know how this works. Is that, is that the kind of thing we're talking about here? Yeah. Yeah. And have enough, enough of sense that you do, you know, here's the move. And you're competent enough that that will create the results and continuously adjusting it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you do you think today? Um, you know, you hear this all the time. You know, we're we're living through a period of exceptional change. Do you do you think that's true, or are we just making more of a fuss about it? For example, I was just thinking about this. My my grandfather, um, he lived through two world wars. He lived through a civil war here in Ireland. He served as a soldier in the Spanish Civil War. Uh, when he was born here in Dublin, he was a subject of the British Empire because Ireland belonged to the British Empire at that time. And when he died, he was a citizen of the Irish Republic. He was born in the era of the horse and cart and he died in the era of space travel. So really, you know, was his life more one of, of change or, or, or his mind today? What do you think? Are we, just, are we just complaining more about it? 
well, that, so this is your grandfather, incredible life that he has gone through, right? Yeah. And that um, when he was a, a toddler, when he was a young man, he certainly would not imagine or expect it, that things could happen, could turn out the way it is. Mm. And uh, so change is always continuing, like back to what I was saying, that uh, anything organic, anything that have to do with human being in this case, it's always have a flow. And sometimes we can direct and sometimes we can assert and have the influence on where it might go. So, for example, my going to to uh, study in U.S., I have that desire. I let, you know, take the step to, to make that happen. Mm-hmm. But uh, then there are things that is totally unexpected, uh, unbeknown to us, that just came upon. And we adapt, we adjust. And um, I think more important now is we know how we could... Uh, mastering and, and get used to it instead of being stressed out, instead of being overwhelmed and, and you know, self-medicated, uh, mm-hmm. finding different ways to deal with it. There's another thing that we hear a lot, you know, that people instinctively resist change, but I, I don't know whether that's altogether true. Do you think it's true or does that need to be qualified maybe somewhat? I think it depends on the situations that then I, I often say, there's a season for everything. There's a season of life. There's also a season of business. So if we and here we're talking about business owners and people in the business arena, there are times that it is appropriate to change, and there are times it's important that they resist the change. That said, I think it would serve every business owner well to always keep an open mind to be aware of what is happening outside uh, in the world, and we're talking about global business uh, a lot here, and also to just be agile instead of just stuck in their own way. Mm-hmm. And then thinking of your, your clients, um, how, are your, how are your clients better off after working with, with, with you on this? Uh, maybe you can you can draw from some examples without you know giving away any 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 trade secrets, um, but you know uh, w- w- what kind of benefits do people get from from working with you on this on this uh, perspective of change? I think the most drastic uh, point I could say is they realize the the nonlinearity of what they do, what the result will get. And as you point out, and yes, it's intellectually we can say, okay, I could do something and have good result, and could do something, nothing happened, that we can explain. But seeing is believing. When they get the evidence, when they can see what happened with the water, and and they just get a quick shift mindset, all of a sudden everything makes sense to them. The other major thing that uh, most of them got is understanding that there's non-sequential things. That is not because we execute by one, two, three, four. There's certain steps. If it's an operation, we, we get that. But then when it goes into marketing, the bigger picture, things happen simultaneously. That... Um, there's one part influencing the other, one decision affecting the other, and then you get the whole organization with different people working in this. 
you really need to have a different style of management. Would you have seen that when people understand the non-linearity of, of change or the non-linear results from their efforts, mm-hmm. that they understand that, they become calmer and it helps their determination and perseverance. It helps them to stop giving up or becoming panicky about the change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I am. Um, I was involved in a in a in a in a project, an IT implementation project, with a lot of change, a lot of operational change, and when people were in the middle of the transition, um, things were going maybe not as expected, uh, and a lot of energy was drained out of the project, trying to keep people calm because they didn't mm-hmm. understand um, mm-hmm. that that this was a natural part of the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So you are both an engineer and and an artist, and you've um, you've told us about uh, Suminagashi and this painting on the surface of of uh, water. So how would you say art has complemented your engineering skills to help you with your clients? So my engineering training is very much um, the methodology of analytical, um, analyzing situations in a very sequential way too. And the art is that uh, overall the bigger picture, the approach that that's about the creativity and innovation, right? So Mm -hmm. it's about boldly willing and have that confidence to create something that hasn't been done before. Whereas engineering is like, okay, here's here's a problem in front of us. Uh, how do we solve it? These are the parameters. What what's the given? And the art is really helping the um, the idea, if you would, dream big. They're applying the imagination that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so it could literally take the business to the next level, a big leap, without just taking that one step at a time, uh, sequential development. It almost um, it almost strikes me that there's um, an, 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 uh, it, it's analogous, you, this tension between engineering and art, between um, structure and creativity, with what a lot of businesses struggle with. You know, they, they, they tend to be good at planning and execution, which is more of a kind of a technical engineering type um, approach and they struggle with strategy and innovation which is more creative and and artistic and they they hop between the two and they don't know when they're doing one and they're doing the other um how do you deal with that yourself in in your own business or with 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 your clients is that is that something that resonates with you totally Uh, i'm so glad you put it this way patrick that was what i was talking about when i left my uh when I was done with my schooling, when I was working in the industry, and I saw that, I just felt very conflicted. And now I'm at ease, and and I'm glad I could offer this kind of uh, insight and wisdom, if you would, that uh, it needs to come together. You need to have that mindset of the yin and the yang, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, most people have seen that symbol, and but not everybody understands what that symbol stands for. And you see the white part, and there's a dot of black, and you see the black part, there's a dot of white. It's that it's integrated. There's, there's not one completely without the other. 
But what most people don't realize is continuously. If you will look at the, the yin and yang symbol, you need to be able to see that the, the dynamic motion that is circulating is moving. And of course, when they create this uh, uh, graphic uh, years ago, they didn't have that uh, uh, video ability mm -hmm. to, to, to um, explain it. But this is what I um, uh, tell uh, all my clients is that look at it in three-dimensional. Aspect. So to back to answering the question is there's the art, you need to have the science with it to take to the next level. So for example, the ancient art of Suminagashi been around for thousands of years and typical traditional artists would practice it as if it is always the same, which is the black and white circular motion on the water and that was it. So when I start putting the fluid mechanics by adjusting the viscosity, changing the, uh, the uh, surface tension, and creating shapes and forms, the traditional artists told me that I did that all wrong. They did. <laughs> and, and when I have an art exhibit, they say, you can't call this suminagashi. It's not suminagashi. I go, okay, well, I call it contemporary suminagashi. <laughs> and, and this is <laughs> when I started the, in the 90s. That was before the internet time. And so I say, I'll call it painting on water as plain English that people can get it instead mm -hmm. of a mouthful of suminagashi. So that's how that came about. And of course now if one Google is, all kinds of people claim that they do painting on water. Mm -hmm. And just like anything else, uh, you know, you, you learn how to type on the keyboard. You can type garbage and you can type a beautiful uh, code for, for, you know, for an app. So that's, it, it's the tool itself and it's what you do with it and what the meaning you derive from it is what makes it different and special. So just like many of the uh, business, it's like, um, and, and I listened to one of your, your other podcasts, is that anyone can have a fork alert, right? Mm. And, but if you can have one that you have more dimensional change and unidirectional, that makes a difference. Mm. It's what you do with what you got. So you have here, you have th this, um, art on, on the surface of water on the one hand, and then you have this fluid dynamics that you've studied in engineering. So it seems that this theme of liquid and flow is, is meaningful to you. It keeps coming up. And how is that meaningful to you? And what, in what ways is that significant? So back to what we start off is that everything in life flows. And uh, all the business is talking about innovation, and you need to innovate, you need to innovate. And what get me was that a lot of people, especially business owners, not necessarily under fully understand the process of innovation. And what I hope to people to have better understanding is that it's a flow. Is you don't you don't start from one, you know, step one where you are, step two, you got an innovation. No, it's a, it's a continuous effort and, and there's a lot of turbulence, tumbling to, to get through before you can get a really great innovation. Sometimes it can come in boop, just like that. Mm -hmm. But you need to go through that process and have enough of the wisdom as well as the tenacity and, and understanding and willingness 
to participate in this. So innovation is a process, it's an ongoing process. Okay, so now as we start coming to the um, the end of the interview now, I'd just like to ask you, outside of work, what, what kind of things do you like to do? I love to have different experience. Uh, for example, skydiving. <laughs> <laughs> well done. <laughs> You're braver than I am. <laughs> and it's about change, right? It's about, <laughs> you bet it is. Yeah. Change, change in your heart rate. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> but uh, that is just an example. I always look for things that I haven't done before and uh, within reasonable and, of course, totally legal, that kind of mindset. <laughs> <laughs> of course. And uh, have, you, have you read anything lately over the last year or so, say, that inspired you that you'd like to recommend to our listeners? Uh, I'm glad you asked because I just gave a, a, an, a second TED Talk recently about flow. And so I actually went back to this classic Chinese book called Lao Zhi, the Lao Zhi Qing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very well known, most people know, and there's in, uh, different uh, language translation. So it's go back to the basic principle of physics and way of life. And that was kind of, you know, go back to the flow. So I did uh, find myself uh, revisiting things that I have read years ago, and mm-hmm. now reading it again gave me a different meaning and uh, significance uh, insight. Yeah, sometimes you get more out of things later, even though the thing hasn't changed. You've changed and you extract more from it. Yep, and that's what classical work uh, stands for, is that it's kind of timeless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you say this was called Lao Tzu? Uh, so the book is Tao Zhi Qing, and in English is T-A-O, Tao, Zhi, T-E, and then Qing, C-H-I-N-G. Okay, excellent. And the author's name is Lao Zhi. That's L-A-O-T-S-E, is it? T-S-U. T-S-U, yeah. Lao Tzu, L-A-O-T-S-U. Okay, yeah. excellent. Mm-hmm. So uh, where can people find out more more about you, Amy, more about Sigami Consulting, you know, website, blog, social media, and so on? So with the social media, it's Amy Sigami. And the website is uh, sigami.com, but probably easiest if they, you know, type in paintingonwater.com all in one word, and that goes right to the artwork, and then it led back to my consulting and my uh, my speaking as well. And this TED uh, X I I T, do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Oh sure. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, back ten years ago. Uh, when TED first released the TEDx license, I was uh, invited to speak. The, the title was What If Painting on Water at the inaugural TEDx in Atlanta. And when I uh, went back to Chicago with my alma mater, I said, we need to do this for, my, for our campus. So it is a TEDx independently organized TED event on campus of Illinois Institute of Technology. And by now, 10 years later, there's almost all universities have a TEDx event. And uh, so I'm the founder and also have uh, produced eight of the exa- uh, consecutively uh, annual events. And recently, I just did another TED talk at uh, TEDx Will Met Women. 
Can you give me that again? Tad eggs will met woman. Will met is the name of the city on the north side of Chicago. Okay. Mm-hmm. How do you spell w- that? Okay, W-I-L-M-E-T-T. Okay, Wilmet. Wilmet. TEDx Wilmet Women. Uh, I, th- I think that's the one you shared with me, is that right? Yes, yeah. and so right now, and that was from the live streaming. Uh, yeah. Probably in a month or so, it will be released, and it will be uploaded to the, to TED YouTube. Uh, okay. I, I can send you a link um, at that time yeah, when I, it's public. I think mm-hmm. that'd be very good for people to to check out. It, it was it was it was really it was really good. Yeah. yeah. So well, Amy, it's been a pleasure talking to you today, and I wish you the very best for the for the future, both uh, personally and professionally. Many thanks, Amy. Thank you so much, Patrick. Appreciate it. Thanks also to all of our listeners. And remember that if you would like to know how I can help you to formulate and implement international business strategies that work, you can check out my blog on albalogistics.com, my Twitter on hashtag albalogistics, or pick up my book, International Supply Chain Relationships, on Amazon, Google Books, or Apple Books. So until the next time, keep well and talk soon. Bye-bye.